season ticket presented by Press Room Pass. This podcast is your passport to sports history with a peek at the present. The hosts, Chris and Don, will share with you their love of sports, highlighting their favorite teams and seasons. While they focus on the past, they'll talk about some current events too, and along the way, they'll probably throw in a few pop culture references. This episode is Season 1, the 2020 Modern Era Hall of Fame picks, and the guys are discussing their favorites among the eligible candidates. We're releasing this episode in the middle of our Cincinnati Reds 150th anniversary celebration, but we'll finish that series soon. Today, learn about the nine former players and one former executive in Major League Baseball who are on the ballot and hear who our hosts think should be included and why. It's not unanimous, but they all agree on one thing. What is it? This podcast is presented by PressRoomPass.com. You'll hear more about Press Room Pass and how to connect with the podcast later, but right now, let's start the show. Hello again, and welcome back to another edition of Season Ticket presented by PressRoomPass.com. As always, I'm joined by my cohorts, Don T-Bone Tincher. Hello, Don. How are you, sir? We're in the morning. We are recording in the morning. I'm Michael W. Swigert. How are you today? Good morning. I thought what we do on today's podcast is the 2020 Modern Era Hall of Fame ballot announcement is going to be coming up very, very soon. There's 10 players on the list to be voted for, and you can vote for four players. And so I thought it'd be kind of fun to tell you our four picks and have a little discussion about how that goes. I'll start off by the one person, the one player that seemed to be on all of our ballots was the catcher for the New York Yankees, Thurman Munson. Yeah, he was actually listed as as we kind of did our own informal balloting. Thurman Munson was second on all three of our ballots. That's correct. Which is an interesting thing. And I might have succumbed to peer pressure. Uh, well, you know. Munson was a great player, of course, cut short by the tragedy of the plane crash in 1979, which is just a sad episode in baseball yes, history. It really was. And, and I remember that vividly as we've all seen these players right. growing up. Every one of these, we did watch them play. And I remember Thurman Munson. He was a fantastic catcher. Right. And it was a tragedy. The thing about Thurman Munson, it's very comparable to Roberto Clemente after the 1972 season. Munson was practicing takeoff and landings mm-hmm. on an off day with the Yankees as a pilot. That's when the crash happened, and I was actually on a family vacation in Arizona. Oh, You know, we listened to the radio and whatnot and heard that, and it was like, wow, really? That's just sad. Yes, uh, it really you was. Know, because I would never claim to be a Yankees fan, but he's one of those guys that you couldn't help but like. Yeah, you rooted for him, even though you, you might have not have been a Yankees fan, you still rooted for him. Right, and and, and earlier discussion you and I had while we were preparing for this podcast, you compared him to Johnny Bench, possibly. Yes. I agree with that. He, Munson was a rookie of the year. Yes, and he 1970, was also, he was right, a rookie and, of the and year. He, and in 1976, he was the most valuable player of the American League. Yes. So both of those things compare with, with Bench. Seven-time All-Star. Right. About the only thing that you could say about Munson versus Bench would be Bench definitely hit more home runs. Yes. Even in, in that time. But, you know, Munson did have three seasons where he – knocked in over 100 runs. Yes. It's a, it's a very comparable uh, thing yeah, to Yeah, he to ended have. up with uh, 701 RBIs, and he had 113 home runs. He also had three gold gloves, right, by yeah. the way. And it's a situation where you can compare Munson to, let's say, Sandy Koufax. Yes. Who made the qualifications for Hall of Fame, obviously. Yes. But Sandy Koufax was so dominant in his time period 
but it was a short period of time. It yes. wasn't a, a longevity thing like we're going to talk about Tommy John, who pitched forever, and and only I think Nolan Ryan has pitched longer. Yes, Tommy John being in twenty six years, I believe. So. Right. You know, that's a long time to be that way and be successful. And, Michael, again, Thurman Munson being the only player who was on all three of our ballots, uh, any comment from you on what you liked or or didn't like about him? Well, like you said earlier, regardless of my loyalty team-wise, I like some players Mm -hmm. from around the league. In all sports, I enjoy a good game. I enjoy good players. I enjoy a good play, a good call. Right. More than following a team – in particular. Okay. And so I watched him play a little, but more became aware of him as a result of his untimely death. Yes. So, a lot of people, and you, you know, know what? There's a lot of people that were like that. Yeah. I mean, I was young. Yes. I was, I was and still he, in elementary school. If you could project school. him playing, I don't know, another, what, Don, five or six years. I mean, look, the numbers could have been staggering what he would have ended up putting up. I mean, bench-like. Right. Well, yeah, and I, I, think, you're, I think you're probably right. Maybe five or six years. I don't know how. The way he played. Five or six years might be about it. Yes. You know, bench well, played. Catchers. Right. And so bench played about the same. They were probably close to the same era, even mm-hmm. though bench started just a few years before at the big league level. Uh, so, you know, you could expect Munson to have played maybe into 82, 83, maybe 84, somewhere yes, in, in that exactly. range. You know, who knows? It's a, a sad story. Well, Thurman Munson was on all three of our ballots. And what we'll do now is, uh, and I'll start this off, We'll kind of go in order of how we ranked them and uh, where we put Thurman Munson as we go along. But my number one pick, and Don, I believe this is yours too, was uh, Marvin Miller, who quite frankly should have been in long before now, if you want my honest opinion. And of course, you can tell us a little bit more about him, but obviously he was vital as far as uh, the history of Major League Baseball, and especially for the players when it came to a free agency and salary arbitration. Yes, no question. It, Marvin Miller uh, became the leader of the Players Association in the mid-60s mm-hmm. and started things basically on a national level with Kurt Flood. Yes. That changed the world of baseball. Kurt Flood challenging the reserve clause. Yes. And Marvin Miller was, was right there at the forefront. Yep. With you and I growing up in the 70s and being aware of, of this kind of stuff, the free agency stuff was starting to happen in the mid-70s, yes. and Marvin Miller was a big part of that with what he did with Kurt Flood, the work that they did. You go back to uh, the other two big names in, in that world, Andy Messerschmidt and uh, Dave McNally. Dave McNally, 1975. Right. Those, those two guys you know, becoming free agents, and even though McNally basically was done, I think he did it to, for lack of a better thing, took one for the team you know he's like <laughs> yes, hey I'm, he i'll be involved in this yes. you know even though his career was just about over yep. but andy messersmith's was not the success of that situation where uh, the free agency started to happen by the, the late 70s there was a lot of big stars pete rose was one yes. reggie jackson was one the list can go on and on and on well when he started in 1966 by the time he finished in 1982 average player salaries went up 10 times. Right. So I think I'm in total agreement with you that Marvin Miller definitely needs to be in the Hall of Fame and is in our number one pick. Right. Should have been there before now, as I said. And Michael, your number one pick on your list is whom? Steve Garvey. Well, tell us a little bit why you like Steve Garvey and uh, why you put him number one on your list. Again, good player. Uh, Seemed to have an affiliation for guys that 
play clean cut. He was definitely that. that I don't think his hair moved the whole time he played. We <laughs> <laughs> took his cap off. He saying his he, hair. He had, he had yeah. two betting helmets yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> I still, in, in the current era, I have greater respect for athletes who hold up an image of respectability. Yes. And that's one of the things that I've always been attracted to in individuals, people that carry themselves well with integrity and care. And there was a, a quote, um, his manager, Tommy Lasorda said, if Steve Garvey was going to date his daughter, that Tommy would lock the door to keep him in. <laughs> That's a great quote. <laughs> because so character it, matters a lot to you. Yeah. Now, the, in, in a lot of these the downside to it is, if you look at over their lifetime, sooner or later, all of our heroes seem to fall. Yes. And in later years, he had some issues and I think some of that is part of what's kept him out of the Hall of Fame so far because he had some struggles. And I think that might have played a little bit of politics have had gotten in I, there. I agree because his numbers are comparable, out. again, to some of the Hall of Famers. But I, I wouldn't uh, argue with you on that point that maybe a lot of that had something to do with it. Yeah, He was a 10-time All-Star and won four gold gloves. Right. But that's a good point. And, and we had discussed – this a while back as we were beginning to prepare for this this podcast that I looked at the list and and I don't have a problem with any getting in. Yes, exactly. I, I really I really don't. I but agree. if you are on this committee like we are pretending that we're on and can only vote for four, That's it's right. going to make it tough. And you know already we know that we have one person on all three ballots, so that's probably a good indication of that maybe Thurman Munson will get in. Yes, but we're going to find out that there are people that. We have only been picked by one of us. Yes. And so the votes are going to be distributed. Yep. The committee's probably going to do the same thing. And it's going to be, be kind of tough because everybody kind of feels like, you know, all, all of these guys could be in. And, and I agree. And I think right now we're halfway through our selection. So this will be a good time to take a little break. So we'll be right back uh, to continue our discussion on the 2020 Modern Era Baseball Hall of Fame selections and giving you our last two choices when we come right back. We'll hear more about the guys' choices for inclusion in the Baseball Hall of Fame in just a minute. But right now, we wanted to take a quick break to let you know about the podcast sponsor, PressRoomPass.com. Our co-host, Don Tincher, posts great articles relevant to the season on the website on an almost daily basis. He has a series of articles about some of the candidates on the Modern Era Hall of Fame 2020 ballot. Be sure to head over there later and read a few. While you're there, check out the sponsors and advertisers. This episode's featured sponsor is... Jimbo's Spotted Bass Guide Service. Jimbo is Lake Lanier's premier bass fishing guide service. Beginning anglers and tournament professionals alike rely on Jim Mathley for the best information about bass fishing on Lake Lanier. There's still time to sign up for Geminar 2020, re-spooled, presented by Shimano. This one-day exhibition will feature presentations by, and breakout sessions with, some of the biggest names in bass fishing, including champion Mark Daniels Jr., Brian Latimer, Shane Leinberger, high school champion Carter Coza, kayak angler and Hobie Open champion Christine Fisher, and of course, Lake Lanier's best teacher, Jim Mathley, as well as many others. Jim and our 2020 respooled. It's happening January 4th, 2020, so be sure to register now. Visit JimboOnLanier.com and click Sign Me Up to get started. 
Now let's get back to the Season Ticket Podcast and the rest of the guys' picks among the 2020 Modern Era Hall of Fame candidates. Season ticket presented by PressRoomPass.com. We were discussing our 2020 Baseball Hall of Fame Modern Era ballots, and uh, again, the, the uh, ten candidates are Don Mattingly, Dave Parker, Thurman Munson, Ted Simmons, who's a catcher, Steve Garvey, Dale Murphy, Dwight Evans, Lou Whitaker, Tommy John, and Marvin Miller. In our first segment, we uh, talked about Thurman Munson, Marvin Miller, and Steve Garvey, which were on our list for the first two selections. And now we're going to talk about our third selection, and I'll start again. And my third selection was Lou Whitaker, second baseman, played with the Detroit Tigers. I like him because there's a category called the war category, which is wins above replacement. Only six Hall of Famers had a better war percentage than Lou Whitaker, he has a better war than many players that are already in the Hall of Fame, like Ryan Sandberg, Craig Biggio, and Roberto Alomar. He had 2,369 hits, and he walked more than he struck out. I know he's kind of iffy for some people, and Don, I don't think he's on your list, so you can kind of he is, give me the, the other point, but he's, he's I like not. him, and I, I, I would vote to put him in. Right. As I, well, I'm, I'm sorry, Michael, I believe you also voted. Yes. Uh, we have a, a common one there in Lou Whitaker. You had him number three on your list as well. No, he was number four. Number four on your list. Okay. So, Don, go ahead. I'm right. Sorry. No, no, that's okay. So, I'm kind of the outlier with Lou Whitaker, even though he's one of my favorite players. Yeah. I just I just felt like it wasn't quite his time. And and as I said, if, if he gets in, I, I would be thrilled okay. for him. Well, you said uh, all, ten, or all ten of these uh, candidates. Yeah, were yeah I, I don't have a problem with any of them yeah. getting in. But, you know, Whitaker was the second baseman for the Tigers. Mm-hmm. In 1984, you know, they were such a great team to win the World Series. His cohort uh, in the middle infield, Alan Trammell, is already in the Hall of Fame. Correct. And really, it's a case of where both those guys need to be in, Mm -hmm. I think. Even though I would not vote for him just yet, I would definitely vote for him in the future. Yeah, and again, Michael, you had a number four on your list as well. Anything you want to add, what you liked about Lou, Sweet Pete. No, I'm sorry. That's a boxer. Isn't it? <laughs> Sweet Pete Whitaker. Oh, I'm just kidding. Switching seasons, switching no, sports. No, no, no. Yes, I'm just there you kidding. Go. I watched Lou play. Yeah. I, my, my affiliations kind of switched from the Reds to the Tigers there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. It was during his heyday and, and their heyday in the late 80s. I remember him watching him play, and it's kind of a familiarity thing. Whenever you go to a ballot, the most familiar names are the ones that you look at first. And for me, he was a very familiar name. Okay. Michael, I know your third pick. We'll get to yours to kind of go back. And, Don, so, now you have a different third pick. Than yes. Don, and, and, who tells and, you and, and contrary to popular belief, Tommy John actually was a baseball player <laughs> instead of, like, a surgeon. Instead of a surgeon, you know. yes. I've actually heard people say, well, I want, the, I want Dr. Tommy John well, to perform that hey, surgery. You know, Tommy John obviously has a different contribution to the game from the standpoint of the surgery he went through in the mid-'70s. And actually, after the surgery, he won more games. Yes. Than he did before the surgery. You know, as we mentioned before, uh, being in 26 years is an incredible thing for a baseball player. 
we got to be happy he's an Indiana native, of course. <laughs> That's from, true. From Terre Haute, got to like that. But he played forever. It's kind of strange. I, I'm a child growing up and Tommy John's pitching for the Dodgers. And then in the end, I've actually graduated from college and I'm out working and Tommy John's pitching for the Yankees. You yeah. know, I mean, so it's, yeah. it's, he's still you know, pitching. Well, he's, he's still there. You know, it's very similar to, to, to bring up a name that's not on this list, Jamie Moyer, who when he retired, I cried because he was the last player older than me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's a very good you know, point. It's kind of sad. But in the same realm, Tommy John pitched forever. As a matter of fact, let me give some stats here on that. He was a four time All Star. Yes. He was the Cy Young runner-up twice. Didn't win it, but he was a runner-up. His record was 288 and 231. His ERA was 3.34, and his whip was 1.283 with 2,245 strikeouts. First of all, I want to say I'm totally with you on everything you've said about all 10 of these candidates I would vote for if I could. Right. But – I thought his ERA was a little bit high, my opinion, uh, which is one reason I didn't put him on my list. And the fact that he didn't win the Cy Young. Again, when it's a fine line, you're separating all these great candidates. you got to make a decision. That was the main reason I left him on my list. And I get that. And I guess the thing for me is, is that what he went through physically. Yes. And then to come back from that. And that's yeah, – absolutely. You know, before the surgery, he never won 20 games in a season. After the surgery, he won 20 games three times. Yes, he did. Yes. And so <laughs> that's just one of those things that changed the history of baseball, just yeah. like Marvin Miller did. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people now that have had Tommy John surgery. I mean, and, it's named after him, obviously. <laughs> and you're, and I, again, I think your pick is valid. Again, I don't think there's wrong answers on this, on any of these 10 Correct. candidates. So, no, that's very good. So we're down now to our last pick that we can make. Now let's start with Michael, your number three pick, even though we talked about Lou Whitaker was your fourth pick. Tell us who your number three pick was and why you like him. Don Mattingly okay. is my number three. Another you, Hoosier, by the way. Another, another yeah, Hoosier, another, and yes. that's one of the reasons, actually, that he's on my list. Okay. I like the local connection, always. Before the podcast, when we were talking about our picks and so forth, you asked me the rank order, and I said I didn't rank order them. I just picked the the top four, the right. ones that I would pick, but I didn't necessarily say in that order mm-hmm. they were one, two, three, and four. Don just kind of got stuck there, actually, in the list <laughs> as we're going through them. You know, he was a great player, again, a first baseman, and that's another position that I like watching. There's some strategy at that position, I it, think. It was unfortunate for him that he got hurt. He had a lot of injuries later in his career, which kind of kept him from really putting up big numbers. But, again, any of these ten guys are valid. And uh, you're right, he's an Indiana native. Always like that. Mattingly did win a batting title. Yes. Uh, that was in 84. He also was the MVP in 85. Yep. So he had he's, a yeah. nice run well, where he led the league six, in hits, doubles, six, six RBIs. All-star, six all-star appearances, nine gold gloves. Right. Okay. Right. He had a lot of injuries, which probably kept him from putting up even bigger numbers. And that was the only – that's really the only reason I kept him off mine, uh, Michael, because – Again, of, of his injuries. But, yeah, Don just rattled off, and I mentioned some stats there that I – mean, Well, and, and probably some of the other issues with Mattingly, you know, when you look at the Yankees' history, yes, the 1980s were not one of those times no. when they 
won the World Series. And when they, you know, when it was just like they were always around. They didn't do that when Mattingly was a player for them. Actually, they won right before and right after. Yes. And yes. here's an interesting <laughs> stat, again, big time in favor of Mattingly. Only one of the ten, of course, Marvin Miller wouldn't have this. Right, team, right. But only one of the ten that his career batting average is over 300. Bad yes. Tr- bad 307. Yes. Everybody else is in the upper twos. Good pick, Michael. Don, let's go with you because my guy is different from your fourth guy, but I almost picked the same guy you did. Right. And right. that would be who is your that fourth pick? My, my fourth pick was going to be Dave Parker. Yeah, exactly. And and that was one of those things where, okay, I've got another vote. Who am I going to pick? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I had my, my three solid picks. You know, it's really hard. They they didn't put anybody in there that was like the the nag that you don't want to bet on. Right, right. right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, Dave Parker, for us, you know, a Cincinnati native that played for the Reds. Yes. And then also played with the Pirates, played later on with the Oakland A's and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. It, I, I would have been scared of Dave Parker if I had to pitch to him. Oh, absolutely. You know, just the way he was. The throw in the, in the All-Star game. You can watch that one on YouTube. It's a, it's an incredible throw. Oh, incredible throw. You see that highlight a lot when they yep. start talking about guns in the outfield, and Dave Parker definitely had mm-hmm. one. And He was such a great hitter and was part of the Pirates organization when they were known as the Lumber Company, yes. and he definitely could swing a big stick. Well, let me give you some, some Parker stats here. Again, he was a seven-time All-Star, and he won three Golden Gloves. I didn't realize he'd won. Yeah, he, I mean, he's Golden pretty Gloves. good. Yeah, he was pretty good. He's considered a five-tool player, too, which I think helps. His career batting average was 290, so almost a 300, but not quite. 339 home runs and 1,493 RBIs. And he actually, the big fella actually stole 154 bases. Yeah, he, yeah obviously that would good. have been in his yes. younger days, but yes. you know, he was a, a valuable player for, for the Pirates. And then later on, he, he kind of became a different type player when he was with the Reds in the 80s. You know, yep. He was still somebody that was important to the franchise. And that was why he was a very tough call for me on the fourth pick. It was between him and my guy that I actually ended up picking was Ted Simmons, catcher. And, you know, there was such a fine line between the two of them. Let me give you some Simmons stats. He had eight all-star appearances. No gold gloves, though. Well, he played in, in an era with Bench. Yes, and that's what I was, I was going to say that – Johnny Bench probably won most of those. Right. Unfortunately for Ted. His career batting average was 285. He had 248 home runs and 1,389 RBIs. Yeah. So he's right there, right in the mix of all the same guys, some of that are in, some that are not. But my, the main thing that separated from him, for me, again, going back to the war stat, he has the 10th best war stat all time. Okay, for catchers. So that was a big deal for me. And he walked 200 more times than he struck out. So he had a good eye at the plate as well. It was close between him and Parker for me. But in the end, Ted Simmons gets in on my scorecard. That's all our picks, I believe. Yeah, that is our our picks. But then we also have two guys that somehow we ignored. Both of those guys... I feel like they could be in as well. And, and those are? Dwight Evans and Dale Murphy. You know, you're talking about great players. I remember Sparky Anderson talking about how good, when they played the the Red Sox in the 75 World Series, mm-hmm. how good Dwight Evans was. And that yep. kind of surprised him. You know, they knew he was pretty good, but then, you know, you spend a week watching him and you think, wow, this guy is better 
than even being as good as we thought he was. Well, he three three time All Star, eight, eight Gold Gloves. Right. You know, he's he's one of those guys that would have played in the shadow of of Carlton Fisk and Jim Rice. Yes. That's kind of hard to overcome. It's similar to let's say Dave Concepcion for the Reds. Yes. And ultimately, Tony Perez got in, but Tony Perez would have been overshadowed by Bench and Morgan. Those guys still deserve to be in. I agree. You know, and Evans is one that might be there. And then another guy who unfortunately played on some teams that weren't very good with the Braves was Dale Murphy. Murphy's a two-time MVP. He's a silver slugger. He's a gold glove winner. He's an all-star. Seven-time all-star, five gold gloves. And led the league in home runs a couple times in the years that he didn't win the MVP. That's kind of a – That's why, again, not to overstate this, but we've all agreed that all these ten, in our opinion, should be in the Hall of – I think so eventually. And I think you're right. I think eventually they'll all get in. But unfortunately, we had to pick four. The actual uh, people that do the voting – Right, you can only pick four, and and that's what as as we mentioned before, it's going to spread out the votes. Yep, and that's what kind of concerns me about most folks, and and you know who knows how many of these guys can get in. You yeah. know, you know, you just don't know. No, you don't. All right, listen, that was fun, guys. I really enjoyed that, and uh, on December the eighth, we're going to find out who really gets in. Yes, we might even come back and touch a little bit about how many of those if, we got right. If, if they can't elect anybody, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> That's, I agree. Well, let's, let's just put it if that way. they don't pick at least exactly uh, yeah. the four, then they Because I, I think when the, the other ballot, the writer's ballot comes out later on, yes. you know, I think Derek Jeter's in. Yes. You know, we, we won't talk too much about all of, of that one because that's so far down the road. Yes. But, you know, you want to see people go in, and they, they've got to pick somebody out of this group, maybe one or two guys, to, to get them in. There you go. And so that's going to wrap up this edition of our podcast, Season Ticket Podcast. Again, I want to thank everybody for listening, and make sure you like us on Facebook. Subscribe at seasonticket.castos.com. You can check us out on Spotify and iHeartRadio. And please visit our website at pressroompass.com. So until next time, I'm Chris. On behalf of Don and Michael, we'll talk to you soon. listening to season one the 2020 modern era hall of fame picks episode of the season ticket podcast presented by pressroompass.com our next episode will return to the celebration of the cincinnati reds 150th anniversary one more time please join us in thanking chris dutch dalt for his help and support as we've started this adventure he's given us valuable advice constructive feedback and a lot of motivation based on his experience with his own podcast after two beers Head over to After Two Beers, that's A-F-T-E-R, the number two, B-E-E-R-S dot com, and check out his podcast. Don't forget to get registered for Geminar 2020 Reese Pooled, presented by Shimano and hosted by Jim's Spotted Bass Guide Service. Visit JimboOnLanier.com. While you're there, you might consider booking a trip for yourself or as a gift. Find out how to connect with the host, Chris and Don. Begin by visiting the PressRoomPass.com website. After reading a few articles there, stop by our Facebook page. There's a link in the show notes, or you can find us by searching the phrase Season Ticket presented by PressRoomPass on Facebook. Chris and Don look forward to reading your comments. You can also contact the podcast by email at SeasonTicket at PressRoomPass.com. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. We are hosted at SeasonTicket.Castos, that's C-A-S-T-O-S dot com, and now available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Podcast Addict. 
We're coming to iTunes soon. We'll update our show notes as we expand our reach. For starters, you can find episodes on our Facebook page and at PressRoomPass.com. The music in this episode is Straight Through by Groove Bakery and is used under the Creative Commons license. Visit Groove Bakery to hear more and see the full attribution in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Be sure to tell your friends. Another podcast will be released soon. Until then, keep your eye on the ball. For those of you who want to pick your four, if you uh, do a better job than Don on his picks, we'll provide you with an all-expenses-paid trip to Don's house <laughs> for a dinner and a movie. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Bring, well, we'll, bring we'll your own steak. We'll show you the we'll, we'll, yeah, bring your own meal, yeah. and you can come. You need and to bring your own food. Yeah, but, uh, we'll, we'll give you a beautiful tour of downtown Richmond, Indiana. We'll we'll uh, and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll sit out on the back porch and <laughs> talk uh, talk baseball. There, there you go. So there you go. And, uh, oh, by the way, uh, I think you, Don will make sure the grass is cut by the time you uh, arrive. Oh, so that's, that's why I have a uh, son. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's inviting way, them over in February. Well, yeah, exactly. Way, just so there's yeah, no confusion. Exactly. Just so there's no confusion, that's a joke. No. There is no all-expensive-paid trip to uh, Don's house. I'm sorry. It's actually to Michael's house. So there yeah, you there go. You go. Yeah. So we're, we're going to have No, I'm kidding.